I, uh, I always look forward to standing up here and, uh, and talking to you all. And if you've ever kind of maybe given a, a talk before in the past, and if you're anything like me, you, you begin to think about what to say uh, maybe a week or 10 days or so in advance. And I tend to find that I can think of some cracking sermon titles, especially at 3 a.m. in the morning. I know, right? Why 3 a.m.? I'm supposed to be, to be asleep, and, and it's obviously on my mind because I'm lying there thinking, wow, God, that is a great sermon title. And then all along with this sermon title, as I'm thinking about this, I then float off into this semi-conscious dream world. Stick with me. The semi-conscious dream world of, like, the best preach ever. It's explosive. It has meaning. It has, like, loads of purpose. It has drive. And it's funny. That's not usually the case. And it's full of amazing content. And that content is, you know, from the Bible. Who would have thought it? And I'm actually amazed that people can actually understand my northern accent. And as I'm As I'm preaching in my mind's eye, I can see people nodding in agreement with what I'm saying. And whilst I'm in this this dream world of expounding the gospel for all it's worth, my 7 a.m. alarm goes off. And I'm thinking, no, wait, no, 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 I'm only three quarters of the way through. What's the ending? What's, What's this conclusion? We haven't got to the bit yet where the whole of the church comes up for prayer ministry afterwards. But it's no good. I'm awake, so I get up and I'm, and I'm thinking, I am so going to write that sermon down. And I'm all excited because I realise that actually I'm not preaching for another month. No, no, that came out wrong. What I meant was, I've got another sermon title for in a month's time. And you, you, know, you drag yourself out of bed and you've got bleary eyes and by the time you've stumbled downstairs and you've put the kettle on and you've let the dog out for a wee in the back garden, which is my case, and as if by magic, boom. The sermon that I had in my head, in my dream, has now gone. And I can only just about remember the sermon title. And you stood in the kitchen, waiting for the kettle to boil, thinking, come on God, I really need to remember what that sermon was. But God's got a sense of humour, as they say, and it's back to the drawing board, or at least I think so. I may have my next sermon title, which I then forget by the time Rachel's come downstairs and she's my wife and then she starts talking to me and I forget that as well. So I wonder, do you have those kind of nights? Or is it just me? Is it just me that thinks actually the best sermons are preached at 3am? Maybe we should start a night church. Or maybe, just maybe you're someone who doesn't really like the dark. Maybe the dark holds a different meaning. Maybe you feel worried about going to sleep. Maybe the darkness makes you feel afraid. You know, I I can remember as a a child um, waking up in the middle of the night screaming because there was no nightlight on in my room. And my parents would rush in, obviously because I was screaming the place down. And they'd find me at my bedroom window with the curtains flung wide open, searching for the light. Searching in desperation because at that moment, in that state of despair, any kind of light will do. And I wonder if that's us today. Is that how we feel sometimes? Are we searching for for any kind of light? You know, or or, or is it something that um, 
you know, just because we have this relationship with Jesus, it doesn't stop us, does it, from feeling afraid for those dark times that we can sometimes go through. Or what about when we're watching a tense film or a box set? I always say Netflix has a lot to answer for. And you get to that scene in the film, don't you, where you know somebody is going to get scared by somebody else. And you know it's coming any time now. And even though you know it's coming, it still, it still makes you jump. Or maybe you've walked down a dark pathway before thinking, hmm, this is, this is a little bit dodgy. And you get those funny butterfly feelings in your stomach and your heart starts to beat a little bit faster. And you walk a bit quicker hoping that you're going to walk into the light. And, and as I was thinking about these things and what to say, I, I just wonder this morning if these things are resonating with you as much as, as much as they do with me. And I wonder if we need to make a decision this morning to, to walk into the light and perhaps leave some dark things behind. One of God's promises is that he will help us walk into the light, away from where we have those dark places and dark times in our lives. But before we consider whether we want to make that choice of moving out of the darkness and into the light, we need to see what God's word has to say about that. And I thought we could start at the very beginning. Let's look at the beginning of creation. God knows that we will always need the light. He's known that from the very beginning. When we read the opening, the opening few verses in the first book of the Bible called Genesis, we get to see this contrast between light and darkness straight away. Let's read the opening few verses together. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. God saw that the light was good, and because it was good, he decided to separate them. The light from the darkness. He knew what he was doing. He didn't say that the darkness was good. He said that the light was good. It was never God's intention that everything should be dark, and neither was it God's intention that everything should be light either. God made the light and the darkness coexist. In the same way in which perhaps we can see the light and the darkness, the evil and the good in the world today that coexists. Or closer to home, maybe how they coexist in us when we mess up and fall short of God's standards. So in the same way that we have good things in our lives which would be the light, we have some dark things going on in our lives as well which are not right. And God wanted to use the light to help us see his creation for all it was worth because we read at the end of Genesis chapter 1 that God saw what he had made was very good. He's such a show-off. No, I'm only joking. He knew that we wouldn't survive if we lived in complete darkness. Without light, nothing would grow or flourish. In short, without light, we would die. And so we see this picture of light and dark at the very beginning of the Bible. In fact, we read about this theme between the light and the darkness all the way through the Bible. God knew his people needed rescuing, and he's always there for us. 
ready to help us. The promises that he made then still are true today if we turn to him. Let's look at some of those promises he made to us in the Bible. Psalm 18, 35, you make your saving help my shield and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. Hebrews 4, 16, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Psalm 59, 17, you are my strength. I sing praise to you, you God are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. And when we sometimes get disappointed because people or circumstances let us down, our only hope is to turn to God and rely on those promises. Because sometimes those dark places that we can often find ourselves in can be all-consuming. Sometimes, you know, they can seem so big that we fall into the trap of believing that that, 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 that our problems are way too big. They're way too big for even God to handle But we can see that God says the complete opposite. God is saying the opposite to the lies that the devil feeds us about our circumstances. And as Steve pointed out a few weeks ago, when he he spoke to us, there can be subtle, relatively small problems in our lives that the devil loves to use against us. And perhaps... We get too used to maybe brushing those aside because it's in our nature, isn't it, to make a a really good job of convincing ourselves that the smaller, darker things in our lives don't actually matter. But in some cases, it can be those small things that if we leave unchecked, really start to damage our walk with Jesus. So it's important to be honest with God and ourselves, and we can because of his steadfast love and his mercy. (coughs) We can trust him to bring all those dark things that we can bring them then out into the light. Because Romans 8, 1 tells us this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those (coughs) who are in Christ Jesus. You know, we also read in John 3, um, verses 17 and 19. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And I'm sure this morning that maybe we can all think of things that we need to walk away from. I know, I know there are things in my life that I need to walk away from. And Jesus wants to help us to deal with those things. And he promises he won't leave us to fight our own battles. And that if we believe that's true, and if we're starting to ask ourselves this morning, should I be thinking of certain things that I, that I need to walk away from? Maybe then a good place to start is by asking ourselves these few questions. Do these dark things in our lives hold real value for us? Do they hold a godly place in our lives? Do they have real purpose? And do they give us peace? And if the answer to any of those questions is no, then we need to give them away. We need to give them away to God. Psalm 46 says this, Be still and know that I am. I'm God. God wants us to receive his gift and his peace and live in that peace with him. 
But sometimes we can make life difficult because, well, I know I do. We make it difficult for ourselves in those kind of respects and those thoughts. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want you, by the end of the talk, to jump up and tell everybody what's not wrong in your life, because that might be a little bit awkward. But let's be willing to allow the Holy Spirit today to speak to us this morning. Let's ask him to show us those things that are not godly. After all, God loves us, and you know what? He wants the best for us. He is a God who (coughs) likes to give us good gifts. And one of those gifts is his grace. His grace that's been there actually from the beginning of time. From the very beginning. Which turned into a phrase that I love that God has just put in my head at the moment. Which is love in action. When he sent Jesus, his only son, who went to the cross. God's riches at Christ's expense. And we read Ephesians 2, 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved. We have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. God doesn't want these dark things to cling to us, no matter how big or insignificant that we think they are. God is a God who loves us and wants the best for us. He wants us to live in the light, not in the dark. In fact, you know what? He loves us so much that he actually doesn't even want us to live in the shadows, in those grey areas where we kind of think, well, it may be okay. Maybe I can get away with it. uh, But maybe if we were honest with ourselves... We know that we've got some things, those maybe things that we class as grey areas that are not really okay. You know, maybe we've fallen into the trap that we can think about, that we can just about get away with something. You know, God doesn't want us to sit on the fence either. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I love that. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness, out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are a royal priesthood. That phrase means that we are God's ambassadors. We are chosen by God to serve his people and represent him on his behalf. And that is why it's so important that we live in the light, not even in the shadows. And we see this in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift, sorry, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the heavenly, sorry, from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God doesn't want us to live in the shadows. And I believe he's calling us out of those shadows today. So how can we live in this light? How can we move out of darkness? You know, God sent his son, Jesus, to be our light in the darkness, to be Jesus, the light of the world. You know, you know God knows us inside out and he, he sees our, our flaws and he sees our imperfections and he knows... Um, <coughs> about our failures that happen more often than not. You know, and these things, you know, these things are nothing new to God. You know, yet he, he remains faithful. 
Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 23 says this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God wants us to receive his mercy and forgiveness. It's clear because even though we mess up, he still loves us more than we could ever imagine. And don't let anybody ever tell you any different. He sees our daily battles between good and evil, between the darkness and the light. Yet we have a loving God who is prepared to stand with us. You know, the devil uses people or situations to bring about confusion in in both big and small ways. But Jesus, the light of the world, who conquered the grave for us, enables us to walk away from this present darkness and into the light to save us from our wrongdoing. And it's important to remember that this wasn't a one-time offer when we need to turn away from the darkness and into the light. We can turn from, to Jesus at any time, at any time. So don't worry, nobody's missed out. <clears throat> you can still experience his forgiveness today through what Jesus did on the cross. Because the light of the world beats the darkness every time. So now we can rest assured that God is never going to leave us or forsake us. That his mercies are new every morning. And no matter who we are or or what we've done, he still loves us unconditionally. We are his children. Or in other words, he loves us more than we could ever imagine. So are we willing today to walk from darkness and into the light? Knowing that there's no condemnation, knowing that God sent his son Jesus to die for our darkness and knowing that by grace we are saved. And if we believe those promises are true, then I want us to ask ourselves two questions this morning. What's going to stop us from moving out of the darkness and into the light? And what do I need to do now? What do we need to do with that? So let's take that first question. What's stopping us from moving out of the darkness and into the light? Let's think about two two words that begin with the letter S. Self. That's the first one. Have you ever ever heard somebody explain what the word sin means? In other words, the things that we do wrong. Sin can be another word for darkness in our lives. Sin has the letter I in the middle. And that letter stands I for me. Sin makes us selfish, doesn't it? Or in other words, sin is putting me in the middle. Putting me first, not really, not really thinking about anybody else. And not really thinking about the consequences from the choices that we make. Not thinking how our actions would possibly really offend or hurt somebody, let alone God. In the Bible, when the Apostle Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus, we read in the book of Ephesians 4, uh, 22, it says this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. To put off your old self which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. 
God, through Paul, was telling the church Ephesus, and he's telling us today that we are being called to put off our old self and put on our new self. That new self that we get when we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Saviour. Isaiah 61.10 says this, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul (coughs) rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. And we see something similar that Paul also writes to the church in Rome. Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect will. So God is calling us to put our old self aside. And I wonder this morning, are we willing to do the same? Let's look at what else stops us from moving out of the darkness and into the light, our second S, surrender. Are we willing to surrender those things that are not right in our lives? Because that, I believe, is what God is calling us to do today. And until we choose to surrender those things that are not right, I believe that we're going to be trapped in our present circumstances. And I wonder what images that you get in your head when we think about that word surrender. Let's take Jesus, always, always our perfect example of what surrender means. You know, he was, he was willing, wasn't he, to surrender to the will of God when he hung on the cross for our sin. <clears throat> and we read in Luke chapter 22 that says this, Father... If you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, Jesus didn't want to go to the cross, but he was willing to surrender to the cross for us. You know, and if, if, if it is that Jesus is, is willing to do that, then let's ask ourselves, what is it that we're willing to surrender to him today? Those things that we know are, are, are not from him. Those things that have no place in our lives as we discussed earlier on. Because when we become selfless instead of selfish, and when we surrender those dark things to Jesus that are not right, it brings us automatically out of the darkness and into the light. So if we're willing to do that today, then... Stick with me because it leads us to our, our second question as we, as we finish to this morning. So what do we need to do now? That was our second question. Well, we need to say, yes, God, we want to be changed. Yes, God, we're, we're going to say sorry with a heart that longs for forgiveness. And that is key. Yes, God, we want to be renewed. And and yes, God, we we really want to be transformed. And yes, God, we need your salvation, which is free because of what Jesus did on the cross. You know, and, and God promises, we read that God promises salvation for those people who turn to him. God promises that he'll be with us as we walk through with burdens in our lives. 
but we can also be released from some of those burdens of darkness that sometimes we choose to cling to that weigh us down. Psalm 51 verse 12 says this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Isaiah 12, 2 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Psalm 13, 5 says, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I wonder if we're getting the picture today. The Apostle Paul writes to the Philippian church in chapter 1 and he says this, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And what Paul meant by that was that is that he needed to die to self. This means dying to our old ways of living and thinking and to put Jesus at the centre of our hearts. And an extract from a book by Matt Chandler on Paul's letter to the Philippian church, he puts it like this and I love this. Therefore, our lives should be lived for him, through him, with him, and about him. Everything should be about Jesus. So I wonder what choice we're going to make today. Will we, you know, are we just going to stay in the dark, fumbling around and, and not being able to see clearly? Or are we going to step out into the light? where Jesus, the light of the world, is is waiting to help us put those things right that we perhaps would rather keep hidden. You know, God made a way. He gave us Jesus, the light of the world. And you know what? We know we can't clearly see in the dark. It causes confusion and we, we quickly forget our surroundings, don't we? So are we going to be willing enough to trust God when we surrender those things in our lives that are not right? And also, are we going to be willing to trust God to fill the void with his light where that darkness once was? <coughs> you know, I, <coughs> I used this Bible passage the last time I spoke and it's one of my favourites. I'll try not to use it next time. Uh, but it fits so well, it's from Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It's simple yet so effective. Is that the decision that we're going to make today? I wonder if the band could come back up, please. So let's ask ourselves, you know, are we, are we ready for a fresh start? You know, because there's no need to search around in, in desperation anymore. There's no need to search anymore in the hope that any kind of light will do. Because in that moment when we turn to Jesus, the light of the world, it's there that we find freedom and forgiveness. You know, it's true, there's only one kind of light will do. God is saying to you and to me this morning, come as you are. Come to Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today and forever. So let's make, that, let's make that conscious decision to walk from darkness into the light 
and receive his forgiveness. Because you know, it, it says in John 1, 5 to finish, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 